welcome back to Making Waves, the podcast uh, that are authentic girlfriend conversations about the difference that makes the difference in true and lasting wellness. Um, Today's episode, we are going to continue our series on compassionate communication. And I'm super excited today because this is the first episode in which my co-host is here. And so I am so excited to have Beth and to introduce Beth to you today um, so we can get started on this important topic. Hello, everybody. I'm so happy to be here, finally. Um, My name is Beth Horn. I am a digital learning specialist with the division. I've been here for about 23 years. Um, And this podcast came because Tirza and I are always having conversations in the library. And somebody came up to her at one point and was like, you guys need to have a podcast. And so here we are. And we're very passionate about these conversations that we're having um, with you. And it also came from a PD that we did from Rejuvenate that Heather Peterson holds and such an amazing PD for teachers and to learn. And I'm so excited that it expanded from elementary to high school now. Yes. So I think these conversations are important. And I think that's what, what we talked about was we mm-hmm. go to PDs, we read books, we do all those things. But what was missing were those connected conversations that take it deeper. And when we realized we were doing um, this professional development, that this topic was so important um, to teachers, to, to, to us, to pe- that people as people. Right. Um, and that sometimes I think teachers forget that they're people and that communication is so central and so key mm-hmm. to what we do. Yep. And I think um, for me, learning that words don't teach um, experiences do or feelings that are generated from experiences are truly what teach us but as teachers words are the tools that we have and that's yeah. what we're supposed to be using is this language to communicate and I think that's where this idea of compassionate communication came mm-hmm. so today's topic um, is going to be the difference between a life disconnected mindset and a life-centered mindset and I think the most important thing we start talking about communication and that when you're communicating with someone you really it's important to know where you're coming from and I think that's where we're missing like where are we and it's about a self-awareness as to where our mindset is and kind of where we're at so what is your mindset are you connected are you centered Um, do you live in a dualistic world in which everything in your world is black or white or right or wrong Mm -hmm. good or bad and how do we communicate those ideas especially you know when we're working with children they're so impressionable Mm -hmm. and you know the language that we use and the way that we're coming across to them makes a difference in understanding what what our mindset is so when we talk about life the concept of life. What does that word bring up for you? That brings up excitement for me. So over the past year, I've kind of gone through something and I've actually become more connected to myself and seeing emotions, feeling emotions and being able to see and feel what other people are even going through and just kind of understanding that um, the word life is excitement to me. What does it mean to you? I think love. Like joy, I think the very, very similar things. Like I think the whole concept of life, um, even just watching a plant grow, yeah. you know, watching animals being, watching babies, yeah. that, that whole idea, that, that spark of life, it just like ignites hope in me yeah. and like an idea of joy. 
But I also find that sometimes when I'm dealing with people, I'm looking at people who I don't see that in them. And I see them being very disconnected. So the topic that we've been talking about was the connected classroom and how to use your language to create deep and lasting connections. But if you're not connected yourself, it's really hard to do. And that's kind of why we wanted to start at the beginning at the foundation Mm -hmm. and understand what does it mean to be connected. So tell me more about how you're feeling more connected to your surroundings. So over the summer, I worked with kids, rising sophomores from Hampton City Schools at Virginia Peninsula. And these are kids that would normally not take a college course. So they're very scared. And so being able to connect with them and understand that they're scared, they're nervous, they doubt themselves. And and pushing them, I was able to push them to a point to where they were able to pass the class. I was able to build those connections with them. And help them get through this course because it's a college level course for kids that normally wouldn't take a class but seeing something in them that they didn't see in themselves right and so that was the most amazing thing with these kids over the summer so that was my most recent experience how did you see emotions playing into that some of them shut down one of them his grandmother passed away so no, yeah, knowing that he was dealing with that and giving him that pass for that day that he was not connected to anything that we were doing and he wasn't processing anything, giving him that space and allowing him to deal with his emotions at that moment. He wasn't outwardly emotional, but you could see that he wasn't the same kid. Um, and then we had a couple of kids where they were just like high flyers and we didn't have to do anything with them. I was able to get on a different level with them and kind of talk to them. Okay, what are your career aspirations? What do you want to do with life? And opening that connection with them. They knew exactly what they wanted to do. They knew exactly where they wanted to go. So having different conversations with kids, it's kind of like our own kids as well. You know, one kid needs, one of our our personal kids needs love and hugs. The other one needs a stern talking to. Right. And funny story, yesterday I had to take one of them to the doctor to get shots for immunizations. She texted her twin sister and was like, hey, you're going to be getting shots. So the sister at home is like, you need to talk to my lawyer. (laughs) Jokingly. Mm -hmm. So knowing your kids and how to deal with the one who needs the hugs or the one who is trying to hire lawyers, (laughs) you know, so she doesn't have to get immunizations or the one who needs, hey, tough love. We got to do this. We got to go through this together and you're going to be just fine. Right. So you're definitely a person, I think, who comes at it from a very centered, grounded, connected perspective. And I feel like knowing you and knowing how grounded you are and how whole of a person you are, it's easy for you to deal with someone who is struggling or in a moment of disconnect to bring them back to connection. But I think if you were someone who was coming at it from a different perspective, um, you know, thinking the world is an awful place, thinking, you know, don't go into that career because, oh my gosh, it's the worst. You know, we have the ability as, as adults who communicate um, as for a living and that to kind of mold and, and help the next generation, mm-hmm. I think it's really important that we think about what is disconnection? What do we do that creates disconnection? And so we, we call it the four Ds of disconnection. Um, so the first is demands, making demands. And when we make demands, 
someone has two options when there's a demand. They're either going to comply or they're going to rebel. There's not a whole lot of, right. of room there for connection. It actually does create separation. It creates this disconnect of, you know, and honestly, self-preservation when right. someone is, is making a demand. And the second one would be diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Do you ever find yourself or people around you making diagnosis of a situation? Oh, all the time. <laughs> it happens all the time. I mean, it happens to you too, I'm sure. Absolutely. Like, this person is this. Right. And I was like, this kid is irresponsible. No, no, they didn't turn their work in. Exactly. What's really going on behind why they're not turning their work in. Right. And I think we do those things like this person is mean or this person mm-hmm. is um, thinks they're better than me. Mm-hmm. This, you know, all the time. Kids in the hallway, they didn't talk to me. They walked right by me. I was like, they could have been in their head you know, worried. Right. Um, and I think the biggest one that I, I use all the time dealing with teenagers, you have a pimple on your forehead. Well, to you, it is, you know. The world is ending. It, the world is ending. It is the biggest thing. There's nothing anyone else could possibly see about you. Everyone who sees you or comes within a 10-foot radius of you can see it. Yeah. And I tell them, now, the people in the hallway are worried about this. And on their own forehead, they're not worried about yours. Exactly. And the only person who is obsessing over that is you. Yeah. And you're putting that on other people. And you're seeing what you yeah. want to see or you're seeing what you expect to see, not seeing what might be really there. So right. that diagnosis thing can be really, really disconnecting. Yeah. Um, and then when we find um, a great deal, especially in, I would say, parent-child communication mm-hmm. is denial. Yeah. And denial of responsibility. Mm-hmm. Look what you made me do. Yeah. And, you know, the response to that, honestly, is, you no, know, no one can really make you do anything. You know, you, that's your response and that's what you chose. Right. But as parents in position of authority and a position in power, we imprint that on our kids all the time. You, look what you made me do. Mm-hmm. You made me mad. Um, and those words and the way it creates that disconnection, because what is that person's response? That child's response is, now I have to protect myself from right. you. Because clearly I'm, you know, and how much power did you just give away? Exactly. Exactly. And you not, as a parent, not having control over your own emotions, you're going to blame your child? But we do it all the time. It's just, it's, it's second nature. And how often do we actually think about what are the words mm-hmm. that we actually say? Right. And I have been doing a deep dive um, into words and words mm-hmm. meaning. Like, there's a new word I am taking out of my vocabulary. And that is the word release. Okay, why? And I'm like, that's a cool, that's a new age word, really cool word, release that, let that go. No, because to lease something is to be a contract with it. And to release it is to regain the contract. So when we say, I'm going to release this, we're actually inviting that back into our oh. lives. And I was like, that, that legitimately feels like a weird energy thing. And it almost feels like, um, like someone snuck something in. Yeah. You know, something into the language that would not do what they tell us it's doing. Mm-hmm. You know, so for me, letting go, freeing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but that word release, and I'm finding I huh. see it a lot. Um, but I feel like that's a denial. Yeah. You know, and my, me being unaware of what I say and how I say it, mm-hmm. and what am I actually invoking? Words have power. Oh, yes, they do. I mean, everything is energy and vibration, and this is how we are communicating, and they have this power. So I'm really um, trying to work on exactly being very precise with the words that I choose mm-hmm. to put into my language. And then lastly, the deserve mentality. <laughs> Is the other D for disconnect, for helping for disconnect. So we had demand, diagnosis, denial, responsibility, and the deserve mentality. I have the right to have the truth. I deserve this. 
um, you know, demanding something of someone else because you are in a position in which you deserve this really sets up a disconnect because if I deserve this, does that not suppose that you don't deserve it right. or that if I deserve this and there's a group of people who do not deserve mm-hmm. this and that creates separation and anything that creates separation automatically by default eliminates connection it does. and the whole idea is us trying to be more connected to be less separate yeah. um, to do that so those are just some things about the mindsets yeah um, and how we use them so how do you see helping someone walk through being a very disconnected mindset to being a more connected mindset that's not something that's going to happen overnight right um being that person just to kind of listen and kind of i don't want to say coach but kind of help them walk through it on their own with them it's just going to take time and patience and sometimes it's the person that wants to have to change Mm because you can't change somebody if they don't want to if they want to stay disconnected but if somebody really wants to be like hey I need to do something differently. That's when we start asking questions. So what are you feeling? Where are you? Fe- we physically feel things and stress in our body, right? right? Um, what are you feeling when you're dealing with stuff like that? Um, just asking questions because it's not about me. It's about the person and helping them kind of see where they're coming from. Right. And I think um, teaching high school, when you end up with a a kid who is completely emotionally dysregulated and having a moment, asking those important questions, creating that space for them Mm -hmm. to get away from like that loop that they're in, that emotional loop and get them out of that thought emotion loop and say, okay, well, what are the feelings that you're feeling? What are you feeling in your body? Right. What are you, um, where are you feeling it in your body? You know, what led to this? And also looking for those four Ds of disconnection. When they start denying, helping bringing them back to a place of non-denial. Right. Um, you know, or accepting at least a little bit of the responsibility. Yeah. You know, it's always it's their fault. They said this. They did this. And understanding that you've just given your power away mm-hmm. and bringing them back to that. If they are someone who is um, diagnosing. You know, and just right. kind of being aware to say, I think that helps tremendously. But for me, it was really checking myself and learning, like, wait, where am I coming from? Yeah. Like, okay, I'm in this situation, this is happening, but just stopping that moment and saying, you know, where are my feet? You know, how, right. how do I feel in my feet? Like, take a deep breath, like reconnecting to that, pausing before responding. Um, those little things. But I had to really look at my worldview. Did I see the world as a terrible place? Mm-hmm. Or did I see it as a beautiful, loving place? Did I see it as a wonderful place to explore as a giant classroom where we're here to learn lessons and that it's okay to make mistakes and you just yeah. keep going? Or did I see it as, you know, this doomsday, everyone's out to get me, am I terrified? I really had to take a hard look and check myself and find out, wait, where am I coming from? Right. And that's the hard part is looking within. Because it's so easy to look outside, but looking within is the hardest part. And that's where the hard work starts and that's where that change is going to start right and my and this whole process reminded me of something my great-grandmother said to me when i was really little and she said god doesn't care about your giftedness Mm -hmm. just like he owns everything and he gave you those gifts he already knows that you're not going to impress god you can bless but you can't impress right because he he has all those things he possesses all those god gave you those gifts, mm-hmm. that's not going to impress him. Right. What impresses him is your, your, your givenness. Mm-hmm. Like, 
what are you giving to others? How are you connecting to others? What are you, what are you doing with those gifts that, that you've been given? Not, you know, this, Hey, look at me. And I think for me, it was the ego. Like, where is my ego coming from? Like, like what, what's going on? What does my self talk like? Right. Mine is what does my face look like? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, and that's over the past year, I've learned that I'm like, okay, Beth, fix your face. Cause sometimes we wear what we're feeling and it's really not who we are. Right. So I've learned how to do that. I'm still working on it, you know, but we have to all, we have to look in within. I think the most powerful thing to me also is to remember that I'm not the person thinking the thoughts and the person observing that there are thoughts being thunk. Yeah. And that got really crazy in my head. And <laughs> that one of my teachers said to me, stop for a minute, calm yourself, get, clear your mind and say, okay, I wonder what my next thought is going to be. And then just be quiet and listen. And I was shocked when I did this. Um, what happened? Nothing. There was no thought. <laughs> and regardless of who I asked to do this, the yeah. same thing happens yeah. in that moment because you're not the thought. And when I separated myself and was like, wait, I'm not the emotion. I'm not the thought. Yeah. I'm that observer behind the thought and then I realized oh I have a lot more control than I thought I did like I don't have to be controlled by the thought I don't have to be controlled by this mindset where did that mindset come from did it come from somewhere else and the more I ground back to that body of yeah I am this spirit in this body Mm -hmm. and reconnect into my body it was that made a huge difference for me um, in doing this and just finding it is no crime to have a mindset that is disconnected right I mean from the time that we, you probably picked that up by the time you were five years old. Mm-hmm. We're constantly being imprinted and having this, this view of things and picking up baggage from other ways and seeing things through, you know, a child's eyes and maybe right. misunderstanding and not having the whole picture. But they can't get stuck on automatic pilot. Right. And we got to get them out of that. Right. Because that's when your wheels start spinning and they don't stop. Right. And when 95% of the time we're on automatic pilot. Yep. It's like, how do you, you don't even remember how you got home. Yeah. It's like you're the <laughs> shell of everyone else's baggage and like what is really yours and where where are you and I think that that is what takes that process yeah but it's it's not a it's not a defect or a default to realize that you have this disconnected mindset right because you can change that mindset yeah and you just have to be able to be aware and to identify it I think it took me years Mm -hmm. um of just noticing oh where why did that come from or why do I feel that way or where did this come from and this reconnecting back to who I was and what matter to me and what meant to me so we like to um have our podcast be very relatable um to everyone like i said these were supposed to be authentic girlfriend conversations yes we have stuff that we want to cover and topics we want to cover and places we want to get to but we really want to talk about like those perspectives and perspective takings and mindset changing and i you know because we are friends and i know something about you i'm going to kind of out here but um as a mom yeah you have a view of the world. How do you kind of bridge that for your kids and realize that they also have a view of the world and that the way that they see the world and who they are mm-hmm. and their perspective of things might be different from yours? Because I think sometimes as parents, that's our child and they should see the things the way that we see things. And that is not the case, that they see things yeah, differently. They Can you really speak do. a little bit Absolutely. about... So um, my kids are mixed. And so that... Even from when my son was super little, um, I knew he was going to deal with things because he's mixed and he's a male. So I had to 
even now prepare him and say, hey, look, you're going to go through, through things that I will never understand and never have to go through. But if you are ever in a situation, call me. The same thing with the girls. You guys are going to experience things in life that I would never have to experience. It's not fair, but it's how the world is. So I have to be very, very open-minded and see their experiences because it's going to be different than what I dealt with. Completely different. So I'm just there for them. And if they have any problems, questions, thoughts, right? I'm there with them no matter what. So that is actually what we're talking about in practice. Yeah. And that's kind of what I wanted her to tell that story because this is what it is in practice. When you have the ability to be okay with how, what, how someone else sees the world, yeah. and you're not denying it, you're not judging, you're not diagnosing mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. you're just letting it kind of be. So we always want to have a call to action. So now we've given you an example of what that might look like in real life. So we also want to have a call to action. And I would encourage you um, between now and the next episode of our next podcast and definitely hit us up in the comments, send us an email, um, let us know how it's working for you, what's going on if you if you have questions or you know, want to tell us your experience. We would love, we want this to be as interactive as possible, but I would love for you to sit just for a few minutes and close your eyes and feel what it feels like to be in your body. Feel your heartbeat, mm-hmm. feel the whoosh of your blood going through, feel your cerebrospinal fluid, where are your body in space? Where is there tension in your body? Just sit for one or two minutes, close your eyes and feel what it feels like to be in your body. If your mind wanders, that's fine. Just bring it back to awareness, whether it's awareness of your breathing, whether it's awareness of where your left toe is. Um, just spend some time reconnecting with your body. Now, if you can do this outside in nature, barefoot on the ground, or if you can do this, you don't have to be in lotus position. You can just be comfortable, but feel what it feels like to be in your body. Do you have any advice for a call to action for them? I think it's very similar, just being still and moving your feet very carefully, slowly, and then move all the way up your body and just relax, just melt into the floor and just like, let it go. Let it go. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with us. Um, We are so excited that you're on this journey with us. We're excited for our next episode, so please come back. Be sure, if you are watching us on YouTube, to like and subscribe and hit us up in the comments. Send us the emails. If you're listening to the audio format, um, we'll have a website attached to our podcast, and we'll get that information to you, so you can definitely reach out and contact us. We really appreciate it. Until next time, stay wild, friends. Bye.